Welcome to the First Century Youth Ministry Podcast. My name is Heather. And I'm Mark, and we are your co-hosts. And we're here to take a look back into the Jewish roots of our faith. For the way forward in youth ministry discipleship. This podcast is a part of the Youth Cartels Podcast Network. All right. Welcome back to the show. It's Heather here, and I am riding solo today. Mark is not on this episode because I've got two friends with me. One I just met today, Colin, and the other I've known for quite a while. Billy is his name. He's a longtime youth worker from Illinois. I know him from the good old days doing youth ministry back in Illinois and uh, was just really always very impressed by Billy's youth ministry and his commitment to love teenagers. In fact, if you pick up the book for Century Youth Ministry, you can read about the great work he and his wife did there in chapter five. So, but Billy and Colin here are on this episode today because Mark and I talked last week about how the rabbis sought to place their whole life inside of a disciple. And so we thought it would be super fun to talk with some boots on the ground youth workers and uh, their former teens about how they did just that, about how they placed their whole life inside of a disciple and about how uh, and what that meant to that young person and to that youth leader to help encourage you to do the same. So, uh, Billy and Colin, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for letting us hang out with you. You're welcome. You know, I think one of my favorite memories about Billy was like the first time I met him, I was like, wow, he's so tall. (laughs) I don't know if that's a memory so much as it is just like, I just remember you being like, hey, I've heard all about your youth ministry. It's so great. It's super awesome. I'm like, how do you know about me? (laughs) Heather, your reputation preceded you. I heard about what you were doing in that town that you were a youth pastor in, and you were tearing it up. And so people spoke very highly of you. That's really kind of you to say. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. So, um, well, let's dive in then to the conversation today. So- so, Billy, tell us about how you placed your whole life inside of Colin. Wow. Well, um, boy, that's kind of an intimidating question to even consider. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I met Colin. Uh, he came to our – actually came to our youth group several years before I actually really got to know him. Uh, but uh, he showed up in our backyard at a fire uh, we had, uh, I think it was a small group at our house or some kind of gathering and Colin was there and, uh, I've had kind of remembered him and was lucky enough to remember his name and, uh, welcomed him to come and hang out with us. And, uh, really was just impressed with his heart to learn and to grow and, uh, how quickly he grabbed a hold of his faith and began to just own it. And uh, I saw in him somebody that was definitely uh, worth my time and my investment. You know, I think one of the things that we look for in people is uh, people that'll do something with the investment that we that we make into their life. For sure. Um, somebody said it like this is that you my love is unconditional, yeah. uh, but my time is not. My yeah. time is not unconditional. And as disciples of followers of Jesus, we want to be careful of who we uh, invest our time into because we only have so much time. Time's our most precious asset. 
and who we invest that time into, uh, I think that we have to use great discernment. And, and when I saw Colin and got to know him more uh, and saw his hunger to learn, mm. I saw somebody that was worthy of my time and my investment. Um, and so don't know if that's exactly what you were looking for. That's great. But, uh, no, Billy, you know, honestly, that raises a couple more questions in my mind. I think probably a lot of youth workers are wrestling with is that, you know, how do I know? who to choose. And from what it, from what I heard you say was choose the kids who are hungry, choose the kids who want to be invested in. And you could tell that in Colin, I think sometimes as youth leaders, we struggle in knowing who to choose, who to invest our time in. Um, But from what I can tell from what you said, Colin had that, as we talk about in our podcast, that disciples passion, that desire to want to know more and to grow. Was there anything else that kind of drew you to him and wanting to invest your life in him? Um, besides a hunger to learn, just his, uh, he showed up, he was there. Um, and he, he expressed a desire to learn and to grow, um, and to be available to help in whatever ways. Um, so what were some things that you did like on a practical level? You know, obviously Colin was there, he was showing up, but what were some things that you did to really place your whole life inside of him to invest in him? Well, I invited him to move in with me and my wife. And so Colin lived with us for what, Colin, was it just over a year? Is that what it ended up being? Yeah, it was about a little over a year. I I lived with you guys. Wow, that's legit. Okay, so that's that's next level. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay, so, so he lived with you guys for a year. That's wild. So, Colin, what was that like? I mean, can you unpack for me? Um, you know, what that meant for you as a young teenager. I, I assume that you needed a safe place to go. So what was that like for you to live with your youth pastor? Yeah, so so a little backstory, not to go super deep, but um, I was living on the best environment. My mom's been a drug addict for most of my life. Okay. And it was, just, it was just a toxic environment. I just graduated high school. And I, I noticed that I needed to get out of the environment I was in. And I had kind mm-hmm. of... I, I had done this uh, discipleship program that Billy did with the youth once uh, every summer, and it was called Fusion. And that's when really when me and Billy got, I feel like we got really close and really got to know each other more more on both sides. Wow. But I kind of started telling him my story and, and things like that and what I've gone through. And I remember it was it mm. was like a, me and Billy went to go get some pizza for the rest of the group. And he said, he said I know this might sound a little weird, but me and Katie have been talking about it. and we. We even think about maybe you move in with us. And for me, that meant a lot. I mean, it, Billy Billy and Katie both are, are like family. They are my family. I consider them family. They've done things that even my blood family really hasn't done for me. You know, Billy's someone I can count on. I can call. You know, he's a mentor and family to me. So someone I look up to, someone that's inspired me a lot. And mm. it showed me. It, you know, God has used Billy in a lot of ways to even bring me into ministry now. I'm in full-time ministry now. And in a lot of ways that if it wasn't for living with Billy or if it wasn't for going on that trip with Billy for a month, um, I don't know if, if I'd necessarily be in ministry or where I'm at right now. That's amazing. That's really amazing. So, so Colin, you know, you talked about how, how much Billy's investment meant to you. What were, what were some things that Billy did or some things that he, you know, said that really, um, were impactful or meaningful to you or, or maybe helped fill a gap in you that you didn't have prior to that, if that makes sense. 
he was consistent. Um, and, and, you know, like he was always consistent on, on asking how I was and, and he, and he showed and cared about me, you know, growing up, you know, I had people, I had family or people care about me when they wanted, but it was never consistent. Yeah. You know, growing up with a lot of inconsistency, Billy and Katie both were both very consistent and they always showed their love for me. And every time I went to, you know, starting going to slam Wednesday nights, he'd always just welcome me and, and, and I wanted to be involved and he opened me, he, he opened, he gave me opportunities to, to be involved. And, you know, I wanted to serve and I've always had a servant's heart even before I was a believer, but I, I just didn't know what that looked like or how to necessarily use it. But I always wanted to help. And then going to slam, going to youth group and being able to feel used and welcomed and being able to be put, put to work really made me show my value. And obviously the more God worked through my life, it showed me, you know, that really helped me by serving. This one thing I do want to say, you know, a little side note, just because someone isn't, you know, maybe a new believer or a super strong believer, they can still serve maybe in different capacity, maybe not in a huge capacity role, but Mm -hmm. me serving really helped my walk with Jesus and showed me a Mm -hmm. lot more in my life and what I was called for and called to do in ministry. That's, that's great. So Billy put you to work and it helped your faith grow. That's great. So, so then Billy, you know, talk with me about uh, the messiness of this. You know, I'm sure there were moments, especially with a teenager living with you where it got kind of messy discipleship. So let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> well, I, man, when you live in with somebody, you see uh, every angle of that person's life and it really opens up the opportunity for them to see you uh, in not just the public you, but the private you. And you also see them in when they're not in there, that when, when they're not uh, in public, you see their private life. And um, I remember uh, shortly after Colin moved in with us, uh, we, I don't know how, not super spiritual, but uh, I remember having one of those challenging moments with Colin when uh, we actually had him and another young man living with us in the same house and they would leave, st- they play video games in our living room. And then they just leave like bags of Doritos and Mountain Dew cans and stuff laying out. Uh-huh. And it just drove me nuts. And I told them, uh, a different times to make sure that you clean up your stuff. Like, don't just leave it sitting there. Well, one day came home and there's a bunch of trash sitting on, uh, on the end table. And I was like, where is Colin at? Well, Colin was taking a nap. And so I was just in a moment of frustration after having told him several times to clean up after himself, I grabbed all the trash. <laughs> I picked it up and I proceeded to move into his bedroom and I just laid it right on him as he was That's sleeping. Awesome. <laughs> and he, he just, I said, you need to clean up your crap stop leaving it around and he he uh yeah he brushes it off and he's like that's so disrespectful and i said well it's disrespectful for you to leave your crap all over my house clean up after yourself you slob wow uh, and so not super spiritual but that would be a moment yeah when um that it was messy it yeah. was tough yeah. it was uncomfortable yeah um you know your your uh you know your tensions come out and, and, uh, the Lord uses those moments to really, uh, like sandpaper 
on one another yeah. and really uh, challenging us to, to, to learn to grow and to sure. mesh. Sure. But regardless, Colin knew that you loved him and that you cared for him. So he stuck with you. Right. And so let's, let's talk about that. Like, as you look at y'all's relationship, uh, what were kind of those key components or those key things that you would say, if there's a youth worker out there who wants to place their whole life inside of a disciple, what could they replicate essentially, or what could they focus on that was true of your relationship that would help them do the same in another teenager's life? Hmm, That's a great question. I I think um, authenticity and transparency Mm -hmm. and uh, communication. Um, You know, we only reproduce who we are, uh, not who we pretend to be. That's right. Um, And so, I think just being the real you, allowing people to see that you're human, you're not perfect, you don't have it all together, um, and uh, allowing people to see how you respond to your imperfect moments and uh, how you how, how how you run to the Lord in, in your in your imperfections, yep. and watching that and having those conversations. Um, when they see something in you that is not Christ-like, uh, it's the parts of, of your life that God's still refining. Um, they get to have an open and honest conversation with you about those things, and you get to walk them through it and show them uh, what it looks like to repent, what it yeah. looks like to to have a tender heart towards the Lord's correction, yeah. um, and how uh, none of us are perfect and have it all figured out, but right. we are all works of uh, yep. of God's grace. Amen. Yeah, that's awesome. That's beautiful. Colin, anything that you would like to add? You know, I think too, for people that have been poured into or that, you know, have had a similar situation of someone pouring their life into them. I, I think it's, it's our, it's our uh, due diligence to do the same thing for someone else. Mm-hmm. That's something that, you know, that's really been put on my heart is, you know, you know, Billy, Billy and Katie both, you know, uh, stood out of their comfort, their comfortability and, and accepted me into their home as an 18 year old, 19 year old kid. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they, they did a lot. So for me, just showing, just being able to show it to someone else and being able to pour into their life because of how transformational it was for me and, and how much God used them. Mm-hmm. individually in my life and yeah. now that I'm in ministry and a pastor now it shows me that the importance of pouring into people and raising people up and raising disciples and bringing people along with you but you have but my thing is is you have to have such a good character in in and out in private because people aren't going to want to follow a phony people aren't going to want to follow someone right. that isn't true or genuine and has a re- yep. true relationship with Jesus. So yep. sure, I see sides of Billy that necessarily, you know, weren't perfect, but none of us are perfect. And there were right. sides. What I can say, though, I value them. One of the most things is the godly man he is and the godly husband he is to his wife. That's awesome. That's something I never witnessed really growing up was a, a godly marriage. And being able to witness that and see that a godly marriage really showed me what, what to expect from when I get married, you know, one day. That's awesome. Yeah. And that, that has done a lot for my life personally. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, guys, hey, I have loved this discussion today. I think this is going to help a lot of youth workers who want to 
do the same and take their whole life and place it inside of a young person. Now that's next level, inviting them into your home, but that's awesome. And uh, I pray that uh, some of these key things that you've shared will be things that other youth workers will do as they seek to love young people too. So, um, hey, if you want to go farther faster as we take a look back into the roots of our faith for the way forward in youth ministry discipleship, you can check us out at firstcenturyyouthministry.com or you can join our growing Facebook community. Just search for us on Facebook, ask to uh, join the group, and we'd love to have you. Other than that, we've got a youth workers only trip that's coming up around the corner in August of 2022. You can check out information on that on the First Century Youth Ministry website. And um, Colin, Billy, thanks for joining us today. We'll see you later. Thank you. Thank you, Heather.